Welcome everyone to the Be Kind Podcast. My name is Joe Kirkner and I'm joined today by Diane. And just a reminder, Be Kind Podcast is part of the Animal Advocate's mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures. Hi, Diane. How are you today? I'm good, Joe. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Happy Easter, by the way. We're recording this on Easter Sunday and is the, I think, loneliest Easter Sunday ever for everyone. If you mm. happen to celebrate that holiday, right? Which which I do not, but that I understand. It's it's rough in many ways for a lot of people. So yeah, that is it's hard. We're social creatures, so certainly holidays like this, especially, can be I think very very challenging for a lot of people. But we're in a we're in a whole new world right now at the moment. So I think everybody's challenged in one way or another. But yes. Yeah, certainly. It finding ways to adapt. My family actually had a Google Hangout call where we all saw each other, which was kind of cool. And since I live three hours away from them, super convenient. Oh, very nice. Yeah, we've been tossing around. I've seen this with some of my friends. Um, I, I don't know what you call it, but let's say you find a parking lot where you know, a huge, huge parking lot where you know no one's going to be, and you decide to meet for lunch of course this be weather permitting but you kind of make your vehicles in like a circle either backing them in if you have a truck or an suv or maybe pulling in forward and then everyone kind of sits on or in their vehicles facing one another and you can actually obviously social distancing but still be together in a group without still following the social distancing rule so that's something i'm I'm hoping, uh, actually, to be honest, I'm hoping we won't have to use, but <laughs> it's another it's another possibility for some people, I guess. Yeah, uh, that sounds kind of awkward to me, but if you're that desperate for a little social interaction, I suppose to each their own, right? I, that's right. And some people are. And, you know, personally, I'm actually an introvert. And so this is probably not as challenging for me as it is for someone who's an extrovert. And they do. And all that means is, of course, you know, an extrovert gets a lot of their energy from being around people or recharges in that way. So if that's the case, that might be an option, you know. I mean, sure, it could could be awkward, I suppose. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> in a few weeks, we may all be doing that. I'll be eating my words. <laughs> well, like I said, let's hope we don't have to use it. I always like to ask guests how they've been veganing out recently, just kind of something vegan and unique or interesting they've been exploring, pay, taking part in, thinking about food, books, movies, music, whatever. I've been trying to stay away from mainstream news for obvious reasons, and I've been looking sure. at more vegan news outlets like veg news and plant-based news, which still have a lot of the coverage. So I've been trying to be more discerning with vegan news outlets. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I've tried to discipline myself to only look at the news and, and responsible news outlets, mainstream, like you said, uh, once a day. And there are things that I do need to know that I will pick up. For instance, when I am actually going to be able to as a self-employed person, apply for um, unemployment. And so, you know, otherwise, it's probably not great for us to take a lot of that in. 
And so the one thing I have been doing, and are you familiar with Colleen Patrick Goudreau, Joe? I am not. Oh, wow. Okay. So she she's basically one of my heroes. She's a vegan author, animal advocate. She is incredible. I've learned so much from her. And for anybody listening, if you've not ever looked at her work, I highly, highly recommend it. And she has a vegan podcast she's been doing since 2006 called Food for Thought. And the the way I found her was when I um, became an ethical vegan. I was already vegan, but was for health reasons. But after I watched Cowspiracy in August of 2015, the call to action for that movie at that time was actually Colleen Patrick Goudreau's 30 Day Vegan Challenge. And it was it's been incredible. And I went back from the beginning 2006 and listened to every episode and kind of fell off the wagon, I guess, um, for a little bit. And so that's what I've been doing, Joe, is going back and listening to some of her podcasts because they're just, she's very articulate. She's very intelligent. She's very compassionate. I'm sure she'd be the first to say that this is not true, but it always seems like she knows exactly what to say for any given situation. And so you can really learn so much from her. She's incredible. So that's been kind of fun to kind of pick back up on that. that. So that's what I've been doing. She sounds like one of those people who, whenever you have that vegan debate with somebody and after it, you're in the shower and you think, I should have said that. She's right. probably the person who thinks that while she's in the debate itself. Oh, yeah. But, you know, she gives you like such simple, she has this whole series, this is what I'm on right now, is the, let's see, it's called 10 Effective strategies for communicating and it's not only with this it's pretty much true for like communicating anytime but specifically for situations where you're somebody is giving you some pushback about you know veganism or anything like that she really gives you practical things that are easy to implement and easy to remember some of them there's there's so many i call them cpg isms that i've picked up that have been tremendously helpful to me and so it's been nice to revisit revisit that for me you already touched on your vegan journey a little bit but how did you come to start practicing a vegan lifestyle i basically and this is literally the thought process i remember joe when i was 17 years old in 1980 decided it would be really cool to be a vegetarian so that's what i did but the uh interesting thing was the lifelong stomach aches I'd been plagued with overnight went away. And then eventually, so when I say vegetarian, I was still consuming, you know, the byproduct of a hen's menstrual cycle. Never, never, ever. I told my mom apparently when I was like five, I don't like milk and I'm not drinking it, which of course makes sense because it's when you stop producing lactase. But anyway, still ate cheese occasionally then eventually introduced you know chickens and turkeys and eventually pig products never ever went back to any sort of cow flesh and then in 2012 I watched forks over knives and I was like what am I doing why am I even eating any animal products this is awful so at that point I considered myself vegan but it was strictly for health reasons and so of course what I see is that when you're vegan for health reasons, it's real easy 
to go, well, you know, I can just have this egg this one time or I can just have whatever, whatever. And and that's what was happening. Then, like I said, when I watched Cowspiracy in 2015, that was it. There was no looking back. And then when I found Colleen Patrick Goudreau and started listening to those podcasts and found out the horrors. I mean, it, a lot of them are hard to listen to. I mean, I was in tears many times, but it's, you know, it needed to happen. And so, yeah. And so she's got this whole series of the 10 things, the stages you go through when you stop eating animals and awaken. And one of them is, you know, you want to do something. And that's how I came to, you know, animal advocacy is thanks to her, you know, suggesting you can't, what's your choices? You get frustrated and, and angry or you try to do something and it's whatever calls out to you probably going to be something different for everyone right but her another one of her sayings is just because you can't do everything don't do nothing do something anything yeah i think those are all great ideas and i love the idea of something's better than nothing i think a lot of times we let perfection get in the way of good which is a huge problem i see in not just this movement but most movements in general is people always struggle for that plato ideal and never get there off for obvious reasons and then they just kind of throw their hands up and say oh well yeah none of it matters right exactly no and i mean if you look at the specifically to veganism it's not black and white and it's not you know the definition from the way i understand it i'm not going to recite it verbatim because i don't know it but it's something like whenever possible and to the best of my ability i will not you know, use any animal products. So it's, it's not perfect. I mean, I still have some shoes that have leather. It doesn't, it's not practical for me to throw them away. I don't feel great about it, but you know what I mean? It's, it's whenever possible and to the best of my ability. This is a nice transition into what you really want to talk about today, but comes down towards compassion, not just for animals, but also for yourself and others who are struggling to be the best they can be in the movement. Yes, absolutely. Well, I I can't know. I have no way of knowing how much you've encountered this, um, but I certainly have, and I see it all the time. Certainly on social media, but but face to face, people have said things like this. And I thought about it this morning, and I think it's more important than ever because we need, of all times, we need compassion for all beings right now. But. Have you ever had anyone say to you or have you ever seen or maybe you've said it yourself and this is not a judgment, not judging. This is just an observation. But yeah, I'm vegan because I hate people. People suck. I only want to be around animals. People suck. I hate people. And you know what? If that's how you feel, that's valid. But I don't think people realize what they're doing. And I I think that if we are asking others to be compassionate to animals and all beings, keep in mind, of course, us as humans, last time I checked, we are animals. Shouldn't we widen our circle of compassion to include all beings, including other people that we don't necessarily agree with? Um, I think it's... I think we're spreading the wrong message when we do that. I hate people. I don't want to be around people. And it's almost so, it seems like it's so well accepted that it's said 
you know, jokingly or nonchalantly, but I don't think what people realize is that's the frequency and energy that you're vibrating out to the world. Um, it's Martin Luther King quote, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Yeah, I think one of my previous guests said something along the lines of you catch more flies with honey. And when you alienate yourself from people like that, where you say, I'm separate from all you, I'm going to go off here in my own little world. All the non-vegans out there say, wait a minute, I like my little world. I like the people in my life. I don't want to be separated from society and the loved people I love and all other people out there. Why would I want to be vegan? Give up everything. I could see maybe giving up food, but now I have to give up all my social relationships, all my thoughts and feelings towards others. And it really just makes it an us versus them rather than a we're all in right. this together and do what we can. Right. And I think it's real easy for us to look at someone and not so much in person or face to face, but certainly on social media. And so this is just an example. This is when I decided I wanted to uh, maybe ha that I maybe had a topic um, for this podcast. And it was I personally, if I know that someone posts videos of animal abuse and atrocities, I can't do it. I, it's too upsetting for me. I won't look. But it just so happened that several weeks ago, before I knew what it was looking at, it was already, I'd already seen it. And it's, you know, it was a video of a man. Um, he had this baby calf. He was kind of straddling, trying to force feed this bottle. And the calf was resisting and he was punching the baby calf in the head and yelling at it. Hold still, you a word and you know it was awful and so then you look at the you scroll down and look at the comments that person needs to be punched in the head and force fed this person he's awful he needs to die you know just hate and vitriol and it's like okay wait a minute if you think about it and this isn't of course obviously in no way condoning it was awful what he was doing but you have to be able to separate the someone's actions from that person. And why, why would somebody act like that? We have to take a step back and say, why would someone act like that? And you have to know that if somebody is, is lashing out with that sort of abuse and, and hate, that has to mean that they are troubled. They're experiencing fear and sadness or frustration or anxiety and we should we not have compassion for them? How awful must they feel to act in that manner? They must be suffering terribly, that person. So shouldn't we have compassion for that person rather than wishing the same awful thing on them? Yeah, we're all products of our environments and upbringings and our cultures we're raised in. So if someone's raised in an environment that leads to such negative and atrocious actions... You're right. I can't even imagine what that poor person's gone through. And right. Even, we have no idea. We have no idea. But even on a smaller, more, I don't want to say reasonable, but on a smaller scale or less extreme scale, it's when you see people who are just eating meat in general, like going to McDonald's or eating eggs or eating steaks or things like that, and you see these vegans hating on them or wearing fur, and they're pouring blood all over them because they're wearing a fur jacket or something like that. Yeah, and it's, it's a whole bad, and the vegans have such strong negative emotions, almost hate in some cases towards these people, and 
it's just maybe they just haven't realized yet. They've never been confronted by these ideas or no one's approached them in a way that would make them want to think otherwise. They just had people pour blood on them. And why the hell would you want to be one, be friends with those people? Right, right. And Okay, so here's another CPGism. Um, this one has always stuck with me. And so I didn't ask you, Joe, and I haven't heard. I've listened to not all of the podcast, but some. What's what's your vegan journey been like? How how long have you been vegan? Uh, let's see. It's coming up on six years at the beginning of May. Nice. And I start out for health reasons right after college, just to try and detox myself from the college life. And then okay. I slowly transition to ethical veganism because you the more research you do into the movement and ideas, it's only inevitable you'll stumble across ethical reasons. Firmly believe that I wouldn't still be vegan if it wasn't for ethical reasons, because I can look around the room, any room, and see lots of people who are plenty healthy who eat animal products. So I think right. in the long run, yes, having that right. ethical streak is important. Yes. Right. I think it's more of a, when you are vegan for health reasons, you tend to view it as a diet. When you're vegan for ethical reasons, I think it's a lifestyle and a belief system. But anyway, um, CPG says this has been so important for me to try to always remember. Unless you were born and raised vegan, you were there too. Doesn't that person who, who hasn't awakened yet, don't they deserve the opportunity to awaken? Don't Shouldn't we give them the benefit of the doubt we and in her you know what 10 stages of what happens when you stop eating animals that's one of them where you're like oh how do you not get this what's wrong with you but you have to take a step back and say they don't get it i didn't get it either for a while it, it took me a while to get to that place so i think along with keeping compassion at the forefront as animal activists, we also have to remember, just try to put yourself in their place. You may not have been raised exactly the same way, but there was a time, unless you were raised, born and raised vegan, you didn't get it either. So give those others the opportunity to find out what you found out. And we do that by planting seeds. And you can't force it. You have to just plant seeds. And somebody, nobody's recognizes an idea until they're ready to see it and if you try to force it and especially if you approach it with hate they're never they're going to completely resist yeah uh, i always have to think back and not judge too harshly other people because like you said i wasn't born this way i was born eating steaks and ice cream and I actually used to go hunting too and now i don't do right. any of that and I can never sit there and say these people are terrible because they're not. They just don't. They're doing terrible things. Yes, a lot of the times, but that's not make them terrible people. Exactly. Exactly. Though you have to learn how to separate those. But I think it's um, you know specifically with animal advocates of South Central PA. You know, let compassion be your compass. And I think it's so easy for us as vegans to, um, and of course, I'm speaking in general terms, to forget that hate can't drive out hate. It's only through love that, that things will change and people's hearts start to open. I think we're doing a disservice to, to those we are trying to serve by 
lashing out in that way. And I'm not saying, you know, it's, we're all, we all have those moments where we're like, God, this is awful, you know, and we all get to that point where it's hard to deal with and, and you still get frustrated because you don't understand why people don't get it. And I think the best thing you can do is, is just take a step back and whether it's a mantra or something else where you just remind yourself to, you have that thought about someone and you want to lash out and hate, you know, try to turn it around. And that's, that's one of the, the easiest ways specifically for me, I think specifically with someone who is not vegan and, and is doing something, especially right in front of you, just try to remind yourself that you were there once too, or let's be more specific. What would you, you know, how do you talk to that person? What would you say? There's always a way to talk to, to someone, whether you realize it or not, you've probably got some common ground. And instead of lashing out, especially online or condemning that person or condemning people in general, I think that's been the hardest one for me is to just hear the number of people that say, I hate people. Um, <laughs> that's just hard for me. But I think that even that, well, let's say somebody said that to me, how would I react? I mean, I don't recall anyone saying it to me recently. I try to remember the last time someone did, but typically I don't say anything. But I think I need to change that and say, and say, wow. Well, why do you feel that way? You know, just kind of ask questions, pick their brain and maybe just make them aware of, of what they're actually saying. Being vegan in a bubble and not being out there amongst other people, advocating sometimes just simply through your lifestyle and general attitude is doing a disservice to the animals because when you're out there modeling how people, how you want people to act, whether it's showing compassion, your dietary habits, your clothing choices, whatever, that's a great way to help people make that decision and become awakened to the vegan movement and realize the consequences of their actions and attitudes. Right. It's, I mean, it's so tempting. Of course, I even find myself like, hmm, what what country has the most vegans? I should go there. Well, that's not helping anything. It's great to live in the vegan echo chamber, but again, we're not serving those we wish to, we're not serving I think that's a disservice to those we're trying to serve the innocent animals. And the only way things are going to change is if those of us who, you know, do get it now plant seeds. So you have to go out there. You have to be among people that you don't agree with. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's why sometimes I try and push myself to maybe go to that event or party or, meeting where I know there won't be any vegan food or anyone there I really know too well. But I go there and I represent veganism in a way that is, I don't want to say appealing, but shows people, hey, you can be vegan and interact in the real world and be a part of all these circles and things. And it's not this alienating group of people who hide in their little villages in the middle of the woods eating iceberg lettuce and raw carrots. That's good for you, Joe. Now, how, let me ask you this, how you, that's interesting because for me, and no one prompted me to do this, this is just how it became for me. I cannot, given a choice, I will not be where someone's eating, where I know someone's eating animals. I 
I turned down a lot of things because of that. And I don't like how isolating it is, but that's kind of where I'm at. It's all I can see is suffering. I'm not trying to fault people who make that decision as well. Everyone can do what they want to do, but I, well, a lot of times in my line of work too, I'm going to meetings and events and things like that too. So it's almost a thing out of necessity. Yeah, right, right. Okay. It's also a good chance for me to get a little vegan advocacy or even just get in people's minds when I make sure that there's vegan options at the company holiday party too because then they're talking about it and that's a good thing absolutely no you know what I think maybe as you said that I just realized the reason I've done that is because I've been able to I'm not forced to go to meetings in my line of work I've been given options you know well, you don't have to go to this. So, yeah, well, I'm not going because I'm not going to sit next to somebody eating the corpse of an animal. And and so I can I, I would say that if it, if it were I was in your position, I probably would make the best of it and do the best I, and you know, do the same thing that you are and use it as an opportunity to. OK, I'm here. I'll plant some seeds. Do you ever end up like bringing your own vegan dishes to any of these? Uh, yeah, a lot of times I'll bring my own vegan sides or my own just vegan food if I know there's going to be nothing for me to eat. And yeah. it only really gets it challenging when I have to organize an event with food at it. Is then uh-huh. I usually just wash my hands of that part if there's not all vegan food. I'll yeah, tell. Right, 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 right. I yes. tell my boss, if I have to organize the food, we're having all vegan food or having nothing. So you should put someone Good. else in charge of that <laughs> I love part. It. That's great. Right. Again, exactly what I would probably do. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, yeah. So that's, no, that's a good perspective for me to have because I've kind of questioned my choice on that. Like, is that the best thing to do? But because I know that in the past, I've been around other vegans who make a point of going to functions where they know there's no vegan food and bringing their own thing and impressing the heck out of people. And I think that's, fantastic but somewhere along the line it developed into for me like I look at that on the plate and all I see is suffering and so then I'm like well I I have a choice in this I'm not going yeah at the end of the day if you're not taking care of yourself you're in no position to take care of the animals either so uh, kudos to you oh well thank you so anyway like I said I think it's right now compassion for all including all humans is really important because there's just so many people that I think everybody although I have heard people actually say oh nothing's different for me you know I'm I'm retired so I don't really care nothing's going on nothing's changed for me well most of the rest of the world, that's not true. People have been affected by COVID-19. And this is really challenging for a lot of people in a lot of ways. I think it's more important than ever right now to remember compassion for all beings, including humans. Even if you're not going through anything, you should at least have compassion for the people out there who are, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think I don't think the people who say, oh, nothing's changed for me. I don't think they even realize what they're saying, that that can feel a little bit discouraging or alienating, isolating for someone who is having a hard time. I don't I don't think necessarily people are I just think they're not thinking about what they say. So that's that. Again, it's really important that we 
all practice compassion and choose our words thoughtfully and carefully right now because yeah i mean i try i've been trying not to think about this how this is all going to affect animals and what's happening to them if if the conditions in their concentration camps is getting even worse i don't know how it could in most cases but you know what i mean that's that's kind of troubling for me right now is like how bad is this going to get before we really get it to everyone concerned? That's a whole nother podcast though, probably. Yeah, I have a few thoughts, but I don't want to open up any more cans of worms because we're already over half an hour mark. <laughs> yeah. But I'd love to have you on again sometime because it sounds like we could have a lot of great conversations. That sounds great, Joe. I'd love to. Hey, um, so like I said, we're coming up on the half an hour mark, so I don't like to take up too, too long on these, but any final thoughts before we sign off? No, just, uh, well, like I had said, um, please continue practicing compassion for all. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Joe, and thank you for what you're doing with this podcast. Forward to talking again. Yes, me too. And if anyone out there would like to talk, you could send us an email at bekindpodcast at gmail.com or just message the Animal Advocates to Central PA's Facebook page, and we'd be more than happy to get you on.